Welcome to Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz, a candid conversation as we learn about types of dementias, such as Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, frontal temporal, and Lewy body, and the effects on the people we love. Jill's years of dedication and experience help you adapt, overcome obstacles, and find positive outcomes. It's time for Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz. Well, hi, everybody. Oh, my goodness, it's December, and we're ready for the holidays. And so today I thought, gosh, it's a good time to talk about when you come home for the holidays or you, you know, have somebody come in for the holidays, whatever it is, and you run into people that uh, are having memory problems, one of the first things you're going to notice is that they're repeating questions over and over. And I can tell you that could get really, really irritating. But for you, it could get irritating. For them, they're probably scared to death because you're in a holiday gathering. Somebody's going to lose their temper with them. They're trying as hard as they can to act normal and feel like they are uh, doing as well as they can possibly do, trying to hide any of the symptoms of memory loss or cognitive loss from you. And for them, it could be just a symptom of fear and insecurity. And they can't make sense out of their own surroundings. They don't remember things for even brief periods. They have no recollection at all that you've asked them something and that you're irritated and that they've answered you before. They don't know. So if you're me- if you're meeting with a group of people and everything, please put on your compassion hat and think about the folks this holiday season who may be really, really struggling with this impairment and need your love and understanding. They don't need you to bark at them. They don't need you to get angry with them. And instead of answering the question, you know, for the 10th time, Just reassure them that everything's okay. You'll take care of things. You know what time it is. You know what, um, you know, if they say, well, what time is it? What time is it? What time is it? Uh, Don't worry. I've got everything under control. We'll be eating in a little while. I'll let you know when we're going to, when we're going to eat or when we're going to make this dish or that dish and I'll take care of things. Oftentimes, if a person is repeating themselves, over and over and over again, they're worried about something else that they can't express. And if you can guess what it is, good for you. (laughs) If you can, then reassure them and, and try to get them to relax. Don't get angry. Don't bark at them. Don't yell at them. That doesn't solve anything. And all it does is just make that person feel worse and more insecure. And then you've got lots and lots of problems going on. So, you know, it's, it's an, an, an occasional and a very distressing behavior that you might see, but they have a brain disease. And even if they don't have a diagnosis, you will at some point If they're repeating questions and things like that, at some point you're going to have a doctor say, you know, whether or not they've got something going on. So really just try 
to not get upset. Think to yourself, count to 10, like you would with a child when when kids can be irritating and they ask the same things and what time, when are we getting there? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? We get a lot of this with little kids in the in car rides. So trying to figure out, you know, what it is they're, they're upset about or or how you can ease their mind should be the biggest thing in your thought process. Not turning around and yelling at them, not talking about them to someone else. It could give you a chance to open some dialogue with them and say, hey, it it seems like um, you you are a little anxious. Do you, do you know what's going on? Can you explain it to me? How can I help you? I'm constantly telling you folks, talk about the emotion of the issue, not the, the actual thing that's going on. Because people that have memory loss or cognitive issues, it, it's a damaged mind. And it has a tendency to get stuck on things, on one activity or one emotion or one thought process. And they have difficulty shifting gears to the next piece of it. The A to Z is no longer working, so it becomes extremely difficult for them to follow through on a complete sentence or an intellectual conversation or helping with, you know, dinner recipes and things like that. And if you pressure them or you sound upset, you can really trigger a catastrophic reaction from them. If you are talking to somebody and and you're ignoring them and you can get past that question for the 15th time in a row, uh, Maybe you just point to the clock when they ask, what time is it? What time is it? Um, whatever it is, if it, if it doesn't bother you, then it's probably not going to bother them. They don't realize they've asked you the same thing over and over. So if you get certain things like um, them being uh, jittery, wringing their hands, uh, pacing back and forth and things like that. Stop them, give them a hug. Pat them on the cheek, pat them on the back. Touch is a great way to get a message to somebody's brain when the words are failing. So if you can touch their arm, um, if you can touch their back, if you can give them a gentle smile, put on some music, you know, things that you can do to distract them from the pacing or the repetitive questions and things like that. Give them something to hold, like a spoon, you know, to stir something up or, you know, just say, hold this for a second and maybe hand them the hot pad holder so you know where they are when you need them. Um, Engage them in some process that you're doing so that you can settle the the crazy emotions down just a little bit. 
Maybe it'll keep them from pacing back and forth. Maybe it can make them feel needed. That's the whole thing. Our, our goal is never to tear somebody down, right? We want to pick them up. We want to build them up. We want to let them know that they are secure. You can say, I see these things happening, but don't bark at them in front of people. You've asked me this 10 times. I told you just a minute ago what time we were going to be eating. That serves no purpose. Everybody loses The idea is to use distraction. Sometimes they can be too easily distracted. Uh, They'll look at other objects. They'll grab other things while you're trying to get them to do what you want them to do. But if, if they're struggling to pay attention, try to tune out any unimportant noises. Try to tune out, you know, a lot of people talking. Ask people, shush people and ask them to be a little quiet. Put on some music that maybe they, you know, is from their genre or something that's just music with no uh, verses and words and things like that. Because when people um, get too much stimulation or too little stimulation, it it hurts their ability to be kind of um, engaged and attracted to what you're talking about. So try to figure out the kind of things that might distract them in a good way. Could it be a person that they really like? Could it be a, a dog or a cat that they really enjoy? Um... You know, what are, what are the things that you know that are common to them, their favorite TV show or something like that, that they can focus on and really pay attention, not putting too much on their plate, just enough to get them engaged and get them in a calm, quiet mode. If they're distracted by the television or the radio... Um, in a bad way, then just turn it off. And plan other eating and uh, visiting activities in another part of the house where everybody's not moving all over the place and laughing and talking and all of that. We've talked at length about the fact that uh, at Christmas time, the whole idea is to try to have fun where everybody's laughing and and enjoying and talking and singing and, you know, bustling in the kitchen. And I'll tell you, to a person with Alzheimer's, that is not going to be the best form of communication. They need to be in another room where it's a little quieter, where they can have one-on-one conversations with people, sit and pet the dog on the couch or go for a walk outside, sit outside if you possibly can. Um, If it's cold, just put a coat on them or whatever. But find ways to distract them and not have that total hubbub of the happiness and joy of the holiday seasons. That's for Hallmark movies and commercials, not for people with 
various dementias. So we have to really think about those kinds of things. And you may be in a situation where you're home for the holidays and you're discovering this now. There isn't any pre-work you could have done, like having it at somebody else's house or just having people filter in throughout the day in an open house and that kind of thing. Maybe this is the day that you're discovering that mom or dad or your husband or wife is actually having these kinds of problems. So we don't have any chance to put any strategy into play or anything like that. So what I would do then is I would literally make a list of all the things that you're seeing and then sit down with that person later with the family and talk about the things that you noticed. I can promise you that when families talk around the person instead of to them, it never ends well. Never. It just doesn't end well. And it's because they become very suspicious. They become very concerned. Um, and they become overcome with fear. And the more you can have open, transparent conversations with them, the better chance you're going to have of their journey with whatever dementia disease this is going better. I, I can tell you, 99% of the time, the people whose families engage them in conversations and tell them what they think is going on in a nice, gentle, compassionate, loving way, that person has a tendency to be a bigger part of their care plan, a bigger part of everything that's happening in their life. They'll go to the doctor easier. They'll, they'll work with you and they'll tell you when they're struggling and it just works better all the way around. So if this is all happening, day one, you're figuring this out. It's this Christmas season. It's this Hanukkah season, whatever it is. And it's all coming to your attention now. This is the best podcast in the world for you to listen to. Because you will notice these various symptoms. Write them down. Note where you saw some confusion. Did they have trouble cutting their food? Did they have trouble conversing with people? Were they asking repetitive questions? Did they seem lost at the home that they're at? Um, were they not able to follow conversation? Did they get upset when there was too much noise and walk out of a room and you didn't know why? All these can be clues to have a neurologist help you with this when the time comes for you to go and visit one and get to the bottom of what is happening. Love and compassion is the way to go, my friends. We're going to take a short break and listen to my sponsor, Carolan at Bellevue Station, and we'll be right back. Carolan at Bellevue Station is a residential community enriching the senior living experience. 
Our community full of grandeur and elegance is located near Cherry Hills, Colorado. We offer independent living and personalized assisted living services and an intimate, caring neighborhood for our residents with Alzheimer's and other dementias. A beautifully appointed spacious apartment, chef-prepared meals, transportation services, and a team devoted to your safety and wellness are what awaits you when you reside at Carillon at Bellevue Station. Call 720-440-8200 or visit carillon at bellevuestation.com for more information. Welcome back to Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz. Okay, so I'm talking about when you first come home for the holidays or somebody comes to your home for the holidays and you're first realizing there's a problem. Step one of this unbelievable journey that you're about to launch. Um, I don't think I've ever talked about this on the show before. I've talked about, you know, when somebody's having problems and we're trying to get them to the doctor and stuff like that. But people are coming home in droves. This is what we do, right? Thanksgiving, Christmas, Hanukkah, whatever it is. The big thing is coming home for the holidays or, or whatever, you know, to see your family and all that. And you may notice problems for the first time. So what are you looking for? Well, I spent the first 15 minutes talking about some of the things that you will see with repetitive questions. But some of the other things that happen are them kind of clinging to you, uh, following somebody around. Um, You feel like it's kind of uh, different. It's odd behavior. Why are they standing so close to you? Um, you can lose your togetherness when things like that happen, or you could just reach around and give them a hug. You could ask them if they want a drink. Again, I want you to make notes on the things that you're seeing. The reason why they cling to you is because they may not be able to follow other conversations. So they will look to somebody that they trust, somebody that they love, And they will go sit by you. When they sit down, they may practically, you know, sit on your hip because they want to sit next to you. Please don't get irritated about that. Consider it a compliment that they love you and they feel like you can protect them to a degree. Um, And if you're noticing it, they're not finding words and things like that, help them. Then talk to them about it later. Don't address any symptoms that you see in front of a crowd. Only do that if you're all sitting down sort of as an intervention or a family conference or whatever it is, and you're going to uh, dive into the subject and talk to them, you know, a little later the next day. But don't announce to everybody. Just try to help them with the thought process that they're having. Try to help them with the words that they're having. And, you know, even talk to them about... um, You know, following you from room to room. Ask them if they feel okay. They could be just, you know, kind of fretful. They could be concerned that you disappear into the bathroom or the basement or something like that. And they're trying to find you. They want to know where you are. They're looking for that safety net. They're looking for that person that can keep them safe through this whole thing. 
And other things they might do is interrupt you when you're trying to lay down for a minute or get something put into the oven. Um, I think there are a few things that can irritate people more than being followed around all the time. But you can understand this behavior when and if you consider how strange the world has to be to a person who constantly forgets. I mean, talk about your world spinning out of control. You can't follow conversations. You can't remember people's names. You don't recognize people you should have known your whole life, but you haven't seen them in a year or two or three or four. Sometimes we don't come home every year for Christmas. I don't think, in fact, I'm pretty sure of it. I haven't been home for Christmas since around 2010. It's probably been 12, 15 years since I've been home for Christmas. Now, for me, Illinois in the wintertime is not the place to be, right? And my chances of getting there through a snowstorm or ice storm, uh, being late, being stressed out, being stuck in airports, huge. Um, my mom passed away in 2012 and I quit going for Christmas. I now go in the summertime when they have family reunions and things like that, or just when I want to go visit whenever I can. Um, but I would see that my mom felt like she could Focus in on a really trusted person, me or one of my sisters or whoever it is, right? And feel like they were the only security she had at that moment in this massive world of confusion. And when we can't depend on ourselves to remember the necessary things in our life, one form, one way of security is to stick close to the person you think is going to help you through it. It makes sense. I would do that. I'd be stuck to my husband. I'd have his hand so hard. (laughs) I'd tell him, don't, don't leave me. Even if you go to the bathroom, I'll walk and stand outside the door. That's how scared people can get. And they can't remember if you just went into the bathroom and you'll be right back out. In their mind, they're confused. The sense of time, how long you've been in there, um, why they're sitting there in the hallway. It just seems like you just vanished into thin air. And for the person who lives with that person throughout the year and is kind of noticing things but didn't really tell anybody in the family until, you know, we had this holiday get-together and things start to show, it's a good idea for them somewhere down the line to get those childhood locks so they don't walk into the bathroom on you. Those childproof knobs are wonderful to give you just a couple minutes of privacy. (laughs) You can also... 
set a timer if them following you around is bothering you and you have to go down and get something. You can say, I'll be back in two minutes or I'll be in the bathroom for five minutes or whatever it is and set the timer. And when that timer goes off, I'll be back. If they're driving you crazy and you're their main source of of safety blanket, if you have to, put some ear pods in, you know, so you can just focus on some music or a podcast or something like that. Um, so you don't have to listen to them ask repetitive questions all the time and just smile at them when they're talking to you and say yes, 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 or no, 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 or I don't know. Make up some common phrase that you want just to get them kind of set so they're not impacting you or annoying you every time you turn around and it just wears you down. And if you have, if you are a spouse and your kids are coming home and they're finding out for the first time because you've been covering for your wife or husband, you need those people to help you get away for a few minutes, get things done that you need to do, um, stay with them for a little while while you go visiting somebody else or doing your Christmas shopping or taking an uninterrupted bath or a nap or something like that, uh, let them know that you need them to keep that person occupied so that they're not um, just constantly driving you crazy. And, you know, I'll tell you right now, if you think medications and things like that are going to fix this, if it's going to solve it, it isn't going to work. The side effects can be that they fall asleep or they can get irritable or they can get an upset stomach and stuff like that. So you don't want to put them in any danger. You don't want to get them to where they are off balance or something like that. Um, medications are not the answer. Communication skills are the answers. So those are the kind of things that you're going to have to kind of figure out and work through. Some of the other things that happen uh, when you're encountering this for the first time, you may see them uh, complaining no matter how kind and sweet you've been, they might be complaining about things. Uh, somebody's not doing something right. Uh, is that the way they're going to cook those eggs? Um, you've been mean to me. I want to go home. You stole my stuff. I don't like you. Um, and, you know, you may feel like, oh, my God, I'm doing everything I can to help. Why are they insulting me? Why are they saying mean things to me? That kind of happens a lot. And the bottom line is you get your feelings hurt or you get angry. Try, if you're noticing all the things I've talked about thus far in the podcast today, and say to yourself, maybe there's something wrong. Maybe, maybe there's something mentally going on. You don't want to get into a painful and pointless argument with them. Because, again, you're just going to have a catastrophic reaction. They might scream. They might cry. They might throw something at you. Um, and you're just going to walk away being upset and angry. So try to say to yourself, you know, maybe, 
Maybe there's some memory issues going on. Maybe there's some confusion going on. How would I feel? Step back and think about how they might feel and what what is actually happening. And even though they look good, they look like they're fine, they've got an injury to their brain. And having to be cared for and feeling lost and losing your possessions and and your independence is waning and everything else, they feel like this is just like a cruel thing that's happening to them and they don't know how to fix it. They might not even be able to accept it. They damn sure don't understand it. They don't. They don't get why remembering the facts of about something or someone is waning from them. Um, the fact that they're having some impairment in some way, that they're not dressing right, that they're having financial problems, uh, all those kinds of things can really make somebody feel off their game, very sad, um, very scared. So all of this really pertains to how do we just answer them in a calm, compassionate way, don't contradict them, don't argue with them, Um, just make notes of what you're seeing, and then before you leave town, think about sitting down as a family and discussing what you have seen and what you have experienced and ask them how they feel. Are they scared? Are they worried? Do they realize they are having these problems? What can you do to help? How can you get to a diagnosis? How can you make a care plan that is going to work for them and everybody help them by maintaining their quality of life, their dignity, and still loving them? This is not a time to be angry about repetitive questions. This is a time to discuss what could be happening and get to the bottom of it and help that person on this journey. It's scary. It comes with a lot of connotations and things in the future that could maybe make us fearful that we might get this disease at some point in time too. But this holiday season... Take the time to pay attention. Don't disregard food in the cabinets that is expired. A dog and cat looking too fat or too skinny. Um, The person following you around. Repetitive questions. Not following an intellectual conversation. All this could lead to something more serious. And it's your job, if you love that person, to help them figure it out. That's all I've got for today. I just wanted to give you some clues and some thoughts about, you know, what you're seeing and not be afraid of it and work with it, live with it, make a care plan around it. And I will see you all next week on Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz. You've been listening to Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz. To learn more about her resources, services, classes, or to book speaking engagements, visit Jill's website at summitresiliencetraining.com. 
A new podcast drops every Tuesday, so join us as we learn more about dementias, resilience, and overcoming obstacles to find a positive outcome. Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz can be found on your favorite podcast provider. Please subscribe and give us a five-star rating. Musical and technical support provided by Brian Hunter. See you next week.